My wife stole from me as well as her job, so I hunted her down and had her arrested. My first marriage was to a woman with bipolar syndrome. When she was medicated, she was awesome, but she finally convinced herself she didn't have a problem and stopped taking her medication. I dealt with a lot over the years with her fake pregnancies, affairs, and lots of lies. She could never keep a job for more than a month or two. She would get a job, tell me how much she loved it for the first month or so, and then something would happen. They would fire her, and she would blame everybody but herself. While in between jobs, I would find some of my items going missing. Movies, collectibles, etc. I thought it was her, but I had no real proof. Finally, she opened her own business doing house cleaning. She was a neat freak who was very obsessive and good at cleaning. Despite her condition, she was very charming and likable and soon had a large client base. I thought things were getting better. I was very proud of her. She was even bringing home more money than I was. Then came the night that she didn't come home. I was frantic. I kept calling her phone. No answer. I finally got a hold of her sister who said, I want to start off by saying it's not my fault. Turns out when my wife showed up to her first client to clean that day, there were police officers waiting for her. Apparently, my wife was not only cleaning her clients' houses, but cleaning out their jewelry boxes, purses, and other valuables. I finally get a call from her that night from jail. She's crying, begging for my forgiveness. I try to be sympathetic. She tells me they're going to let her out the next day. The next morning at around 7 o'clock, I'm waking up to a knock at my door. I answer and find two uniformed police officers and a detective standing outside. I apologize for being in my underwear and let them in. They search our apartment high and low and ask me a bunch of questions. I am honest with them. My wife finally gets home later that night, once again apologizing profusely. At this point, I've decided in my heart that I'm done. I don't let her know yet, knowing her violent outbursts, but decide to plan with my family to move myself out of the apartment when she's gone one day. The first day of her trial arrives. She wanted me to come along for moral support but I had gotten the flu that morning. I was throwing up into the sink. Meanwhile, she's screaming at me that I'm not being supportive of her, making my decision to leave much easier. My plan was to wait till she was sentenced and then move out while she was gone, avoiding any fights. But she kept getting extensions on her trial. So one day, while she was at work at her new job, I called my father and brother over and we quickly packed all my stuff. As fate would have, she forgot something at home and showed up when we were half done loading my stuff into the trailer. She started screaming and crying wondering why I was leaving her, then jumped in her car and sped off. I moved back in with my parents and started digging through my stuff. Turns out she wasn't only stealing from her clients, she was also stealing from me and my parents when she would come over to visit. My mother told me that she had been missing some gold jewelry from her childhood, but didn't want to point fingers. I myself, going through my items as I'm unpacking, discovered my entire collection of 12-inch Star Wars figures that I had collected for years was nowhere to be found. I found out later that she had put them on a Craigslist for a fraction of what they were worth. I also found out that she opened up an eBay account in my name, took pictures of my nephew's Nintendo Wii, and sold it to multiple people, then never sent it out. She pulled the cash before eBay could do anything. This is where things get fun. Despite her being a thief, I, on the other hand, had worked retail security for going on 21 years. It's my business to catch thieves and hunt down scammers. So she picked the last person she should have messed with. Turns out my ex-wife stopped showing up for her court dates and moved out of our apartment. 
she vanished. The courts couldn't find her. So I started digging, found out that she moved in with the ex-girlfriend of a friend of mine. So I opened a fake Facebook account under a random name. I friended her new roommate. She openly began talking about my ex as her roommate, confirming that she lives there. I told her that I had a bunch of Twilight promotional merchandise. I wanted to send them. She happily gave her address. I called the county sheriff's department and informed them that I knew where a fugitive with warrants was hiding out. They showed up and arrested her on Valentine's Day. She ended up spending the next several months in jail while going through her trial. She was convicted of five felony counts of theft and ended up being sentenced to eight months in prison. This story is absolutely insane. The fact that this lady was stealing from her husband, as well as her husband's parents, as well as her clients for her cleaning business, is such a violation of trust. But it seems like she stole from the last person she wants to mess with. This guy working in retail security for 21 years is no joke. Some of these men and women who work retail security are some of the most grizzled, toughest people in the world. They can handle the Karen screaming at full volume. They can deal with the tough guy who's getting up in your face. They simply don't care. It's such a sad state of affairs that this lady resorted to stealing just to make a quick buck. She even had a fake eBay account just to sell and then steal the money from the people she was selling to. That is nuts! In the end, she got exactly what she deserved. Five counts of felony for theft is nuts. That's something that doesn't just go away from your permanent record. That's there for life. I love this type of revenge story. It goes to show you that sometimes you might get away with a little petty theft, but one day you're going to steal from the wrong person and things are going to go south. Somehow, I'm the bad guy. I still don't understand this. A few years ago, my college was hit by a violent storm. There were so many downed power lines hiding under the leaves that we weren't allowed to leave our dorms. Many of us had no heat or power, and several smaller dorms had to be evacuated, one for the whole semester. Maintenance were all working around the clock, and it still took days to fix everything. Since we had some time off from classes, my boyfriend's best friend invited us to his girlfriend's dorm for a couple's night. I had never met his girlfriend before, but I'd heard some bad things. She lived in my old dorm, which was a converted apartment building with a few hundred students living inside. Each apartment had a full kitchen, complete with a gas stove. The girlfriend's apartment was at the end of the hall, and when my best friend and I were 10 feet away, we were hit by an awful smell. We hoped it wasn't coming from her place, but when she let us in, it got so much worse. She apologized for the smell, said it started after the storm and that she'd open the window to try and get some fresh air. The four of us were making some small talk by the kitchen, because that's where the window was, when a roommate came back and started complaining about the smell. She said she was going to light some candles, and then it hit me. I asked if they checked their pilot light, and they had no idea what that was. I checked it, and sure enough, it was out, and had been out long enough to stink up the three-bedroom apartment and the hallway. I told the girlfriend we had to call maintenance and that this was a serious issue. She said that there's no way I could know the pilot light was out because I didn't have any repair training and that I would be wasting maintenance's time and that I should just relight it if I was so sure. It had been leaking for hours, so of course I wasn't going to do that. She then argued that it was fine because she didn't use the oven, so it could wait for a couple of days while maintenance fixed the storm damage. She refused to call maintenance over what she called a little smell and said I was acting like I was entitled to their time. 
when they had better things to do than baby my sensibilities. She said if it was such a big deal, we could go to her boyfriend's dorm upstairs or just light some scented candles. No! It started as me judging her for a smell she couldn't control, then about her not wanting to bother anyone, then became me treating maintenance like servants, which she would never do. I explained over and over that this was far bigger than my comfort, what a gas leak was, and that emergencies like these are exactly why there's a 24-7 maintenance line. Both my boyfriend and hers backed her up and told me to let it go because I was spoiling the night. I ended up calling maintenance myself with her yelling apologies into my ear. I literally had to open her apartment door to get the number because she refused to tell it to me. Maintenance was there in less than five minutes. The girlfriend apologized to him repeatedly. I kid you not. She was almost in tears, shooting me nasty looks. She told him over and over that it was my problem that she didn't mind the smell, and that she was sorry for wasting his time over something so small, but some people just wouldn't let it go. He laughed, then realized she was serious, and stared at her like she was stupid. He told her she should have called sooner, because he could smell it from the elevator, and reiterated that it was incredibly dangerous to ignore a gas leak. If it hadn't caused a fire, she and her roommates could have suffocated or gotten sick from the gas. It took him under two minutes to shut off the gas. All in all, it took 10 minutes of his day and saved the building. It turned out there was something wrong with the pipes in the building, and he'd spent half the night turning off people's ovens. The girlfriend spent the rest of the night complaining about how obnoxious I'd been, saying she could tell how annoyed the guy was. The rest of the night, she repeatedly complained about how entitled it was of me to call him in, to do his job, to stop a gas leak, and keep the building from exploding, which he was already in the building to do. Later, my boyfriend chewed me out for always needing to be right and alienating her as a friend. Turns out he also didn't know what a pilot light was. Somehow, we did end up becoming good friends later that year, and she brought up the gas leak all the time. Whether I didn't want cheese on something, I'm lactose intolerant by the way, or vented about a coworker, she threw the gas leak in my face as an example of me getting upset because I couldn't have something my own way. At one point, she literally said, maybe I liked it that way. She refused to understand that she was putting her life and the lives of others at risk. And it was literally the maintenance worker's job to fix it. None of us knew how to turn off the gas. And we could have ended up causing a bigger problem by trying. Every time we hung out with a new person, she would tell them this story to show how demanding and out of touch I was with the working man. Yeah, my school had a bunch of communists. Really, they were rich. And I'm talking stupid rich. Kids who like to pretend they were communists because they cut Gucci tags out of their shirts or push printers out of windows because they didn't want to store them or carry them downstairs to donate them. Some of them gave her the same look as the maintenance guy, but others looked at me with literal disgust. Even when I explained how dangerous gas leaks are, even when other people backed me up, even when she Googled it, she still complained that I had inserted myself into her business, mocked how she kept her home, and wasted maintenance's time. Yeah, I prevented an explosion in a building that housed about 500 people, yet I'm the bad guy for complaining about a smell. Obviously, we are not still friends. 
it's crazy to me that this lady would be this stubborn about a gas leak that she would prevent other people from preventing an explosion. It's absolutely insane. Leave a comment down below. What would you do in that situation? Our next story is about a teacher who's super entitled. So I work in the Department of Education in a theater in Europe. My department runs various workshops, including some for groups of children who come to visit. One day, a school group came from a town far away from us, a few hours' drive. Once one of our tutors started workshops with the students, the teacher, looking after the group, came to our office. He wanted to settle the payment for the classes. He also had a few questions, so we invited him in to sit comfortably at the desk. We even offered him some coffee and tea. The teacher was polite. He praised our workshops. He then asked us if we had any books about theater education that he could share with his class. We said, of course. We showed him our collection, which literally took up the entire cabinet in our room. The man became really interested. He started browsing books, asking which we recommended. We told him about some of the most interesting ones. He then asked if he could borrow these books from us. We said we were sorry, but this is not really an option. His school is very far away. It would be difficult for us to contact them to pick up our books. Besides, we are not in the habit of renting books to people. His behavior changed immediately. He repeated once again that he would like to borrow the books that we have indicated as the most interesting. We repeated that, unfortunately, there is no such option. The teacher got even more angry. He began to raise his voice. He told us that, as a theater, we are a public institution and our job is to act for the community. And if he comes to us and pays us for our classes and workshops, we have a duty to help him when he asks us to do so. We tried to explain to him that this is not a library. We do not run a book rental. Besides, although we are registered as a municipal organization, it does not mean that we have to carry out all orders of our recipients. We have our educational offer, and we encourage you to use it. But unfortunately, we cannot support you with our books. He didn't like it at all. He said that nothing here belongs to us, that it's all a public good and that we should make the books available to him immediately. I was already angry with him, so I answered, Please, sir, these books are not the property of the theater, but our own privately collected collection that has been helping us to develop our skills for years. These are private books that we keep in our office space. It is not part of any exhibition. You asked if we had any books, so we gladly showed you what we use when preparing for classes. We can send you a list of the most interesting items to rent in your area or to buy in the bookstore, but we cannot share the books themselves. It might seem like it's over, but no. The guy asked if he could read, look through mostly, these books in our office then. I replied that it was okay, but I would like to ask him to hurry up because his group of students will soon finish their workshop and will go see the theater. As their guardian, he should be present with them. The teacher nodded and made a gesture, waving me off and he started flipping through one of the books at the desk. I didn't feel like arguing with him. There was another friend of mine in the room, so I was not afraid to leave him there. I went to see how the workshop was going. I came back after about 10 minutes to invite him to visit the main stage as the group was going forward. Imagine my surprise when I found our visitor at our corporate photocopier, which was located elsewhere in the office in the corridor. 
This guy started copying the entire book in full color. He asked no one, but he was behaving so confidently that the other staff thought that someone apparently let him do it. I went up to him and said, Sir, please stop copying. This is not a copy station. You do not have our consent to use our office equipment. The guy turned red with anger. He started screaming, What? Maybe you will tell me now that photocopy machines also belong to your private collection, huh? This is the public space, and I, as a citizen, have the right to use whatever I want. No, sir, I replied. You have no right. This equipment was purchased with the theater funds and is used for office work only. So is toner and paper. And you must join the group now because you're the legal guardian of these children during their trip. And you must get back to your duties. The teacher did not give up. I'll call the city and I want you to be fired. You're going to be out of here. No, I replied, because the city is not my employer. The theater does not belong to the city, but functions within its area. And I can assure you that my boss would never agree to outsiders entering our offices when and how they want and using the equipment and make it difficult for other people to work. Please go back to your group immediately or I'll call security. Fine, exclaimed the teacher and started to leave. Um, sir, excuse me. I called after him. What? He replied angrily. Book. Please, leave the book. The teacher angrily threw the book on the ground and left. Then I heard that in front of the students, he said that he would never return to this terrible place again. And guess what? I am very happy about it. You have to be a special kind of teacher to have that kind of entitled attitude. To go off on a poor employee just trying to run a workshop of some kind. Kudos to this person for handling it with some measure of composure and professionalism and not stooping down to the level that this man went just to try and get his way. Thanks for watching. Don't forget to subscribe for more content and turn on notifications to never miss a video. Leave a like down below and leave a comment. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for watching.